Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world that reviews every minute of that 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, John. Apologies for missing co-hosts Tim and Trent, but we are guested with some wonderful guests. We have recurring guest, uh, Redmond. Hello, Redmond. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Very good. That's good. We haven't seen you in a while. No, I've, um, I feel like a bit of a fly-in, fly-out worker whenever you ask me to do these kinds of um, things, given that I have to uh, uh, feign a lot of experience and knowledge that I don't actually possess. So, um, <laughs> look, I, oh, it's always a pleasure to, to, to come and, and, uh, and uh, talk about um, pretty much nothing with everyone here. So, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And thank you again for inviting me. The last time we saw you, Redmond, uh, Scorpio hadn't met Harry. Oh, sorry, Scorpio and Harry had not met. I don't believe so. He was chasing shadows, I think is the, probably the best way to describe it, quite early on in the piece. So, And our second recurring guest is Evelyn. How are you, Evelyn? I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Um, I think la- since we spoke last time, there is actually a pop vinyl Harry figurine in the works. Get out. No. Really? No. I will be buying that, though, if that is the case. Uh, is there a Scorpio one as well? I hope so. And the, the bear cardigan. and Laguini and <laughs> the bus driver and one of the secretaries. That would be great. Well, many thanks for joining us, Evelyn. We have a new guest, a man who was born in Belfast but has never heard of Belfast sparkling water, Martin Anderson. Hello, Martin. <laughs> Hello, yes. Very happy to be here and very happy to now know what Belfast sparkling water is thanks to your podcast. Are we any the wiser what it is? It's just a gassy beverage water. Is it alcohol water? That's uh, just just the wiki, just just what I was able to see on Google. So yeah, some kind of beer, I think it is, isn't it? Uh, it appears to be. Um, thanks for joining, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> and last uh, week we had wonderful Jerry Porter from Indiana Jones Minute. We are delighted to invite the second guest, the second host of Indiana Jones Minute, all the way our first San Franciscan resident, Pete Mummet. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, Pete. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. You a big fan of Dirty Harry? I am. Yeah. I've been watching this movie for a lot of years. And are you? Were you born and raised in San Francisco? Not born, but I, I've lived here most of my life. Nice. And I understand you live very close to some of the locations we're shortly to be seeing. Yes, and some that you. I think you just saw. I, I live uh, just a couple blocks from where the school bus gets hijacked. Ooh. Does this movie trigger you? Does this make you feel unsafe where you live? <laughs> it doesn't, but it it does. It's uh, it's a little it's a little unsettling sometimes to to watch it. Be like, oh, that's like two blocks from here, or that's like everything's really, it everything looks almost exactly the same as it did in the movie. <laughs> a police still as brutal. Uh, fortunately, not. <laughs> well, many thanks for joining us, Pete. Today we are reviewing minute eighty eight. The minute begins with Scorpio saying, "I'm not bullshitting, and you know it." and ends with Harry tersely declaring he's got to be stopped now. 
What did you think of this minute, Martin? Well, uh, when I when you asked me to come on the podcast, um, I thought I had watched the movie, um, <laughs> but I thought I'd refresh my memory, and um, I um, so I, I watched it during the week and realised after about five or ten minutes that I'd never actually watched the movie, <laughs> even though I felt you're not the first person to say that. Yes. So um, yeah, so I, um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, this this minute, yeah, it's getting getting pretty exciting. Um, uh, we've got uh, we've got the another uh, kidnapping happening, and obviously the this sort of political scene in the another political scene in the mayor's office with um, this difference in opinions and how the the situation should be handled. <laughs> what did you think of this minute, Pete? Uh that's fascinating. Um, Partially, I, it, it's interesting seeing inside the mayor's office because there's a lot of crazy stuff happens in this mayor's office, like in San Francisco history. Like the, the mayor was assassinated in this room about seven years after this. Oh, yes. Oh, Moscone. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then he, he walked across the hall and shot Harvey Milk, which, who, who had his office across the hall. So it's it's interesting. But, but there's so much like good in the, in the building, too. Like, uh, you know, the very end of Raiders of the Lost Ark was filmed yes. in the city hall. <laughs> and also some parts of a view to a kill, I think. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, we we got our marriage license there, so. Oh I have wow. Good nice. Yeah, it's a lovely shot of Indiana Jones coming down, isn't it? But and Harry's striding up. Um, yeah, they make it nice uh, when you put them close, like side by side. Pretty amazing images. Now Scorpio says, if you guys have got the guts to play this game by the rules, the kids will have a nice plane ride. So do you think that's Scorpio acknowledging that even it's a hard ask for anyone to listen to him considering his double-crossing track record? A lot of guts to be a mayor in this office, Evelyn. Yeah, but... Uh, what else can the mayor do? I don't know. Uh, well, the mayor looks like he's, he's, he looks kind of defeated in this scene. He looks like he, he doesn't really know what else to do except there are kids' lives on the line and he has to kind of play by Scorpio's rules, even though Scorpio is not a very fair player. I would not want to play a game of Monopoly with him. I feel like he would cheat you of all your money. Um, He just – and also he feels like a desperate man and, like, you know, he's kind of backed himself into a corner here and – but nobody knows how he's going to react. So they're just like, okay, we'll give you what you want. It's fine. Uh, Pete – our mayors are just titular municipal officers that don't really have any power at all. Um, mm-hmm. Is it unusual? Do you think it's weird the mayor hasn't called in the feds? He's just, he's, there's no one yeah, else. Yeah, this is a weird situation. I, it's hard to imagine a mayor with that kind of power. And the, the fact that he's not only making all these unilateral decisions, but that he's doing them without law enforcement. Yeah. Well, he's just got the chief there who's doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Chief's in the corner. Like, I didn't realise he was there until he, like, stood up and was like, hey, Harry, you want to take the bag? Like, I didn't know he was in the room. <laughs> oh, look, a little bit off topic, but um, on a, on the current season of Stranger Things, um, the mayor seems to be able to direct some of the, the, the police uh, in their kind of actions. And I just wonder if this is the usual, usual practice, because as John said here, it, it's certainly in the Australian context, 
that's not the case. They're, I guess you might call them uh, highly paid uh, uh, spokes spokespeople for <laughs> their city, and and that's great. I mean, they need we every city council needs to have someone to do that do that role. And they're just glorified PR, really, yeah, aren't they? That, here, that's that's correct. I mean, there's a there's a political process in which they need to straddle to attain that office, but beyond that, I mean. Uh, captain's calls do they really exist in in mayor's offices in in the, in the American context certainly I mean what what's your what's your thoughts on that Pete well I'm, I'm definitely no expert but I it, it would surprise me to see this level of control today although I think in the 70s you might have seen a little more of that and I you know one question I had watching this movie is uh is dirty hair is Harry Callahan sort of a fascist <gasps> I know that's maybe a little heavy but I mean, you've got the mayor and, and Harry and everybody sort of making decisions outside of the law. And they're, they're sort of espousing this violent retribution that is completely driven by their own opinions, but it's not really driven by the law. So what you're saying, Pete, is that Dirty Harry is actually um, the proto-judge dread. Yeah. Or it, it could yeah. be, it could be yeah. if you want, he, he would happily take that role if it was presented to him. Um, and I suppose he does so by default anyway. Um, and uh, very much the shoot, shoot as we saw earlier in the film, the shoot now um, deal with, uh, get chewed <laughs> out later, and um, and hope for the best. So there's nothing wrong with shooting as long as the right people get shot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think this was. I think he captures something that is rare in a movie. Mm. Is at a point in history because San Francisco had just gone through this enormous upheaval with the you know the summer of love and all the '60s, and then you had the Zodiac killer. And everything was really in turmoil. And I, I feel like Dirty Harry represents sort of this very conservative voice that wants to keep things the way they were. And he, he's willing to do anything to do it. And I, it, I think it's a fascinating look in time because everything in the city was changing at this point. Martin, do you... I really like the bus driver, Marcella Platt's just blood-drained face. She does a pretty good, pretty good role, don't you think? Yeah, she stood out for me in that... In the... As a, as a for such a small character really in the movie, I thought she was uh, uh, quite quite a an interesting person in it. I um I thought that the um I thought that the uh, the the kidnapping obviously of the school kids was quite quite dramatic and the, the, the plenty of shots of the cute little school kids singing their songs all very uh, all very um, sort of naive and innocent and um, and while this sort of drama is playing out behind them. Um, um, and yeah, and that's what got me thinking that you don't really, you don't really get these sort of hostage situations, ransom things, so much anymore. I don't really hear about it in the news now, but it seemed to be quite a, quite a big thing in the seventies. In a lot of other movies, hostage taking sort of like a second resort, like a bank robbery's gone wrong or a, a bigger heist has gone wrong, and they're just grasping at straws. A hostage take, yeah. I just keep thinking about the movie Speed. Mm, I was going to say, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I think that's the other most famous like bus kidnapping movie. Yeah out there um pete do you think this bus driver looks more like sideshow bob or buster <laughs> keaton <laughs> or buster keaton i'm sorry i didn't hear i didn't hear the second the buster second keaton <laughs> i don't know why i just yeah I, I wow i love buster keaton but i didn't i didn't see that one but i could definitely see sideshow bob yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the hijacking thing i think is fascinating like there was a there was a book that came out a few years ago called The Skies Belong to Us. And it's all about, there was, for a while in the 60s and 70s, there was almost 
a weekly hijacking. It's like someone would hijack a plane or they'd be demanded, demand to be taken to Cuba or Algeria. And it was almost always a situation that unfolded kind of like this. And you know, you just had random people negotiating and I, it's crazy. Like it seems kind of bananas now, but that, that was kind of a daily thing. I couldn't figure out why I wanted a plane. Like normally when hostage, people are taking hostage and wanting planes are flying to a different country or they're at some kind of political thing. I, I mean, where does it, do you ever find out where he's intending to fly to, or where do, where do we think right. he's going to? Either? He wants to take the kids on a nice little plane ride. Yeah, but where's yeah, he going? Yeah, where's he going? Does he mention that? <laughs> no, no, he says he doesn't. Yeah. Did he did he ask for someone to fly the plane, or does he think he's going to fly the plane? <laughs> he wants the plane fueled and ready to go. So presumably, the mayor's talked about a volunteer skeletal or skeletal, as Americans say, uh, uh, a crew. <laughs> and I think he says, "I'll tell the pilot when I get on the plane where I'm going." The the uh, ransom as well. I think you've spoken about this before, but in the in the Victorian uh, copycat situation, they they asked for a million dollars, mm. and he's only upped it to two hundred thousand at this stage. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so that, Making it a bit small, Scorpio. Do you think? Do you think that Scorpio? I I feel like he wants to get caught. Totally. Like I feel like he, he never plans on getting on that plane. I I actually think he hasn't thought this through whatsoever. He actually doesn't know where he's going. He's done this kidnapping. It's like a last minute thing. Uh, he wants, I don't know whether he wants someone to take him down or maybe he just thinks he can flaunt, do whatever he wants and kind of like piss off the police and get away with it. But um, yeah, he hasn't thought this through. And you're right, I reckon he does want to get caught, whether it's by Harry or by someone else. Last minute, Jerry was talking, he's saying, is, is Scorpio... Just a sadist or a masochist? Was it, how do you pronounce that word? Masochist. Yeah, is he both? And I'd say, well, yeah, maybe there is a part of him that wants to be caught and punished ultimately. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And he kind of, he kind of telegraphs, like he says, he tells him, I'm turning off at Sir Francis Drake Boulevard. And if you know the local geography, that doesn't make any sense. Like he's getting off of the freeway that goes directly to the airport. <laughs> and he's getting off the freeway like an hour before the airport. And so he, and he's telling them where he's getting off. So he's sort of setting this up. I feel like he's looking for a confrontation rather than a, an escape. Yeah. Was that like a diversion? Like he tells them he's going one place, but actually wants to go somewhere else. This Maybe. is all in future minutes, but oh, sorry. <laughs> that would suggest that would suggest that Harry is intelligent enough to know that Scorpio will do something weird and meet him on that. That he bridge. was already breaking the rules of his own game. That yeah. he was going to do the opposite of what he said he was going to do. Yeah. So maybe he was taking the bus later kids to actually murder them all. Have an excuse? Well, have an excuse to murder them. I think that's what you're. I think that's what you're actually getting at, Evelyn. Um, by by. <laughs> Uh, telegraphing for the for the fight, if you like, um, yeah, he 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 wants that opportunity to to do that. Well, perhaps he would invite it if it came along. Whether or not he sought it through, that's the that's the that's the question. We'll never mm-hmm. answer. I don't think he saw this. Mm. Our children, yeah. our children. He said they've took our children. <laughs> Speaking of the children, Pete, in the novelization, they're from the Lawton Street School, uh, which I understand is not too far away from you. Yeah, that's also that's about seven blocks from my house. It's it so I live about halfway between lot and school and where they uh hijacked the the bus. Is it a good school? What are the kids like? Because the kids on this school bus are little shits. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a lot of like row, row, row your boat and old McDonald's. <laughs> really? Back. I thought that was an odd choice of a song to sing on the bus, to be honest. Oh, sorry, that's the next minute. Sorry, John. 
Sorry, I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. Is anyone here angry that Scorpio, we see him and, you know, he's not disfigured at all. He's got like a, a pepperoni-sized flesh-coloured wound. If we see it, is it's a pepperoni, to be honest. Like, the makeup on this show is not very good. Yeah, he's healed, uh, healed very quickly from the, uh, the beating he got in previous minutes. Yeah, have you said how, how long this takes, like, between his beating and where we are now? Is this a few days or is this a day? The consensus seems to be it's probably four or five days. Okay. We just pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is anyone surprised that Scor- in the novelization, um, Scorpio requests deliberately Harry? Can you- I want Harry to deliver the money? I was just going to say that I thought that it was strange, given that he's tried to set Harry up previously and um, it's become a bit personal for him and yet, he's, and yet he doesn't mention Harry at, at this point. You'd have thought he would have. Um... I thought maybe the filmmakers were trying to downplay the real life Zodiac events and they didn't want, they didn't want to play out the part of Scorpio really in this movie taunting the police particularly. He's just having mm-hmm. a little, little side skirmish with just a few select few of the authorities, the mayor and Harry and the chief. All of that school bus thing is almost directly from the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. 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 That's because there was a line in one of the letters, wasn't it? He mentions. Yeah. Yeah. He was going to blow up or like shoot the tire of a school bus or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Evelyn, do you think in real life there's a school bus pulled to the side of the road um, with a weird guy with a pepperoni gash on his head. <laughs> At least a good Samaritan wouldn't pull over and try and say, what's happening? I've he- actually been thinking about this. I was like, why the hell does this lovely bus driver, and maybe that's the problem, she's too nice, why does she let him on the bus? Or why doesn't, like, like? Ha- I mean, he kind of just follows the kids on yeah, the bus. Yeah, he just gets memory. in really quickly. But, like, um, it's... It, it feels like security is a bit lacking there. I'm sorry, like, mm-hmm. like adults cannot get school buses. That's the thing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I, mean, I guess she doesn't have a gun, so she's not going to throw him off the bus. But, um, yeah, I was thinking this. I was like, how how did he get on the bus? Like, it's it was just weird. If a, good Sam- if a good Samaritan was driving by and saw this yellow school bus, he's not going to have a lot of space, Scorpio, to put his Luger and his tight chinos to... <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> but there are no passerbys, are there? You don't really see. Can you stop in that part of Sam? Can you stop in that part of Golden Gate Park, Pete? Can you park near the Bison Pen? Well, wherever they are. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where that phone booth is, but yeah, I mean, you can stop anywhere along there. It's pretty quiet on weekdays. Yeah, so there was probably no one passing by at all. So it was probably easy. I don't know if it, yeah, I don't know if it would look strange to see a school bus stopped and. Yeah. I don't know. Because it wasn't stopped at a school. That's true. Yeah, but if a bus is pulled over next to a payphone and there's, you know, Ronald oh, yeah, McDonald. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, no, you, you think someone would have noticed, oh, hey, there's some weird guy with a tape on his nose who's holding this poor bus driver who looks <laughs> clearly looks distressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, like holding a hostage. Uh, I know in other minutes we've talked about Harry's lack of range. Yeah. But she is not lacking in range. <laughs> she is very good at, at emoting and showing us what what she's feeling like. You can see that distress. She's quite good at uh, she's mm-hmm. quite good at that. Well, I think that's one of the interesting things about the movie is that like everybody is so completely helpless against this guy. Like she's in a position where she's completely helpless. She doesn't have any control over the situation and 
you know, this guy's sniping people and they don't know what's happening. And it's interesting that they portray Harry as the only guy that's not helpless. And that's because he's got a bigger gun. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's unhinged. He's unbound. Well, he, he wants to be unbound by the by the rules, as it were, which is yeah, um, which, yeah. which plays into him having some sense of uh, control or ability to exert control. But I mean, the the mayor scene is apocryphal in that um, the, the, these kinds of characters um, they are they are help they are basically uh, helpless to the winds of fate. Mm-hmm. Logging into Dirty Harry Fashion Minute, uh, Martin. Do you like Harry's <laughs> ensemble here? He's, he's, he's yeah, he's uh, he, he was quite well quite well dressed throughout the movie. I, I noticed. Um, about, yeah, it's about in these these coming scenes. Yes, this tie and uh, very very seventies brown brown tie, brown suit. He's very calm as he listens. He must be seething. Pete in the in his mind, like Look at those this man. How could you tell? Look at those eyebrows. Look at that brow. He is just like all the anger is in his eyebrows. Yeah. He he's he's going to need some serious Botox in about a year. Like <laughs> there is a lot happening. He's very he's up up the top is very tense. His, well, one of those um, ice masks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he could yeah. do with an ice yeah. mask. Yeah, Christian yep. Bale, Christian Bale, uh, American Psycho ice mask. There you go. <laughs> Like even his hair looks angry. Like he's yeah, combed his does. hair finally. And it- yeah, totally. Angry hair, angry brow, angry mm-hmm. suit. I mean, you can't be happy wearing a brown suit. And I think he's got a vest on under there as well. So everything's a bit constricted, does, yeah. a bit tight. Like he's probably feeling a bit hot under the collar, um, in more ways than one. So <laughs> has has he been? Uh, this is the minute previous, but he's got here. He's he's got here as if he's been called back in, because before he sort of walked off and he seemed to be you know um, not involved so much anymore, and then suddenly he seems to be called back in because this this thing has happened, and he uh, yeah he seems to be very well dressed for um, if he's just on on the the beat that day. Uh, this this other guy and the officers, the mayor, there's the mayor and the chief. And is that the captain, the police captain, and Harry? And then there's this Chief. other guy. He's the AV guy. He's sort of the. <laughs> he's he's the one that does the HDMI cable. <laughs> he's like the Richard. He's the one that says, "Hey, did you turn it on and off again?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't see a PowerPoint presentation there. Um. Yeah, I don't know who half the people are. Is he some? Is he some? I think he's some. Like, is he a political advisor or something of the mayor? Or some? he's the AV guy. He's the guy that was handling the projector to project the ransom note and everything at the start of the movie. Oh, so that's actually a paid role. That's incredible. What? <laughs> In the novelization, there's a lot more hive of activity, people doing phone calls and everything. But here it's. But he's come back. He has people. gone and he has gone and checked the identity of the bus driver. Yeah, confirmed that she. He's doing it all. I hope he's yeah. on a good award wage. <laughs> yeah. He's got yeah. a good uh, enterprise. It's the general go for yeah. it. Because he's been helping the chief in the background counting the money as as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, you, you mentioned you mentioned walking off of the job. Yep. What would happen if you guys? I don't know what you guys do for a living, but what would happen if? Would you be able to walk off the job repeatedly, <laughs> and like insult your boss and then come back? Depends what they ask you to do. Yeah. Depends what why you walked off the. I've never tried the George Costanza uh, role. Just appear the next day and pretend nothing's <laughs> happened. Yeah. I've heard of people um, being sacked but coming to work the next day and continuing to come to work the next day. That I've definitely heard of in the um, in the architecture world in in Melbourne. Um, don't know about don't know about um, 
walking off the job. I can only think of, look, this is something that I tell my, my um, professional practice students. Um, uh, Muammar Gaddafi was uh, understood to have hired one of the large architectural practices in England to, to design and document his, um, well, his gallows, basically. And my understanding is, this would have been in the 70s or 80s, my understanding is that the entire architectural team walked off the job. They said, we're not doing it. So the directors of the practice had to um, get down to the drawing boards and basically do the, do the job if they wanted to be paid. So um, oh, I don't know. It really, it really depends what your boss asks you to do, I think. I've never, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, re- I've resigned and, um, over, over things like that, but never walked off the job, then come back and hope that everything's moved over. I don't know. What about? I've also um, I've also never been able to do any extra judicial killings and and, and continue no. my job as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, good point. Or torture people and still be allowed to continue my job. So, <laughs> I work in media, so if I get a bit upset with someone, I just walk out the office and we go down to the pub. <laughs> it's like it's the Waterside Hotels right around the corner from mm. us, and so it's a Highlander. So, um. Yeah, if something got really upsetting, I would just, I would just like suck it up and just go down, go downstairs and go get a gin. Yeah. According to the novelization, it's been a good day for Harry before he was called in here because he's just got a lead on the Buena Vista mugger, whoever that is. <laughs> hmm. Is that a part of San Francisco? You know anything about um, Pete? No. Buena Vista is that? I don't know. Maybe it's just made up for the novel. There's a mugger there. Beware. <laughs> There's a famous cafe where they say they invented the Irish coffee. Oh, yes. That's near where the Powell Street cable car ends or something near Fisherman. Oh, yeah, wait, exactly. Yeah. yeah, by Fisherman's Wharf. and the, Yeah, it kind of by the hamburger stand in this. I, I don't want to start picking holes in the plot again, but like the, 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 the mayor clearly isn't, isn't the biggest fan of Harry. And yet he's called them back into this situation. They, they want them to deliver the money. If they, don't, if they want things to run smoothly, why would they get Harry to, to take Harry the ransom money? Because Harry does the shit jobs. Comes back to this. See, he's dirty, dirty Harry because he does the dirty jobs. Yeah, well, they want him to do to the do. job. Just don't do it dirtily. <laughs> no, but he's the one that, you know, stops the guy from jumping off a building and splattering all over the footpath. He's the guy that that will run around San Francisco after this lunatic. Um, Isn't it like leaving the dog to guard the pizza or something? Yeah. <laughs> like you turn him loose, it's going to be horrible. Well, didn't the mayor already get really mad for the way he botched the the money handover earlier? It's interesting that he's coming right back to him. Because yeah, because I think there's no one else willing to do this this shit job. That's or, the thing. But also, it's it's it, yeah. There's no one else to do the shit job. Maybe they're trying to get rid of Harry, hoping that's yeah. a bit of a suicide mission. Yeah. Maybe the mayor's trying yeah. to get rid of him. I think yeah. The legacy, the novel, the novel was based on an earlier draft of the screenplay where where Z- uh, Scorpio is deliberately requesting Harry be the bag man. But I don't know. What's Harry looking at Bressler? He's like, what's he thinking? Everyone thinking, you're listening to this shit. He's like throwing daggers at everyone in that room right now. If his <laughs> eyes were laser beams, there would be like holes in everyone's heads. Like just the bit where the, the police guy comes up to Harry and he's like, so you want to take that bag? Harry, the look Harry's giving him is like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Get fucked. <laughs> 
Like, but the, the police guy is just like, so you're going to do this for us, Harry? Like, the way he asks is so, it's, I don't know. He seems, he seems chill. Yeah. Doesn't he seem chill? Everyone else in this room seems a little bit, like, upset and defeated. And and then the police guy is like, well, here you go, Harry, since you're here. Can you take this <laughs> with you on your way out the door? Like, you take it, mate. Fuck. <laughs> Checking in with the chief who we have confirmed, it's part of the canon now, Pete, that he is definitely a ghost, Shyamalan style. <laughs> oh, nice. He only ever really appears in the frame with Harry, delivering his, his little monologues. And this is how, this is how the novel, the novel um, describes the chief. The chief had a smooth face and a shock of snow-white hair. His eyes were pale blue, clear, and kindly. He was nicknamed the Bishop, reflecting the respect everyone in the department held for him. He had been a policeman for a long, long time and had seen many changes in the city and in the nature of its crimes. He was by nature a thinking law officer who abhorred violence. The word is enforcement, not force, was one of his sayings. <laughs> However, he had learned how to use force when circumstances pressed him to do so. He was being pressed now, but although it might be necessary, he didn't have to like it. Do you like wow. this? Do you like this, Chief Pete? Uh, kind of. I'd like him more now that he's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot because he doesn't seem to have any control over any situation at all. Like nobody seems to acknowledge him. So I think you're onto something. He definitely has the Snow White hair in the first and the kind eyes. In the saying. first few minutes of the movie, we thought. We didn't understand why it couldn't be compressed, the two characters, Bressler and him. Because um, mm-hmm. we didn't really understand what the screenwriters felt. We thought both of them maybe were all in the force. They started in the police department at the same time, but the chief was a bit more, I don't know. They, yeah. Do you like the character of the chief? Is he uh, uh, Martin? Is he he's used? A bit. Well, he's a bit. Yeah, he just seems a bit but useless like he doesn't really he doesn't really do much other than i mean as as evelyn was saying when you when he comes to ask harry here he seems to think that harry's just gonna say yeah no worries i'll take the the cash he doesn't seem to have any even to be clued in to um to, to the way harry might be feeling right now so if he has this long relationship with him he doesn't seem to to really understand what dirty harry's all about and yeah i mean there's the the other the other guy is the captain and this is the chief is that is that the structure of the Bressler's the lieutenant? Bressler's the lieutenant, but he calls he calls Bressler Al. So they're pretty. I reckon they started the police force at the same time. And Do you one think of they're them. in like police academy together? <laughs> <laughs> Another great Warner Brothers franchise. <laughs> Maybe that could have been a spin-off. I wonder which guy makes the special effects noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I mean, the chief's in the background counting the money. Right? Is this something a chief should do? Have they got some ultraviolet light there, I guess, because Scorpio's requested the, the dollar bills not be, not be marked? I hadn't noticed he was counting the money. That's interesting. Yeah, if you rewind it, they've got some ultraviolet light in the background. Uh, or maybe that was in the previous minute. AV guy's helping him do it. And the chief's got some sort of cloth in his hand when he comes over to talk to them at the desk. Oh yeah. So he's got dirty. He's got dirty hands. I guess he doesn't like meddling with politics. 
Is that like taking the ultraviolet light to the the motel though? Is that something you want to see on the money? <laughs> yeah, well, Scorpio's in a plane, frantic. You know, his adrenaline's up. He's not going to be able to check that it's not marked. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the whole nub of this Redman is Harry says you've got to quit stalling. Is Harry just saying give me a, official permission to go onto the trestle bridge? Like, if the mayor turned back and said, oh, okay, Harry, how would you handle this? What would Harry... Harry would just say, I'll meet him at Francis Drake Trestle and I'll do it my way? Okay. He probably wouldn't tell anyone what he, what he would do. He'd probably just do it. Um, that's the kind of dude that he, that he is, I suppose. Um, I think Harry's issue is that he hasn't, he hasn't really painted the narrative to tell everybody else why we should have done something much earlier. Um, that's Harry's biggest problem. Um, yeah, he, he yes, he's a disciplinarian. We're well aware of that, um, but he's not he's not good of painting the consequences to what would happen otherwise. Um, he's well, merely well, yeah. is he? I don't know that he that he has. How much does the man know about what's transpired since he last saw Harry? Like, does he realise that Harry's had the Miranda violations and stuff? Would that have all filtered up to him? I don't know. He just thinks Harry's the same smart ass. You know, will. Uh, Fillmore District uh, Tom <laughs> um, joke at the start. <laughs> I think he would have known. He would know about that, wouldn't he? Because it was in the. We would have been in the papers and the media and so on. So he would have. His AV guy would have told yeah. him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's a nice quote, guys. Harry Callahan is a remarkable portrait of a certain American type, fuming, puzzled, and close to the end of decency's rope. <laughs> Have you known people, have you known anyone like Harry in your life, uh, Pete? <laughs> uh, I, I think you had him on your podcast last week. <laughs> oh, <my> Jerry, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I, it does remind me of that sort of some, some older guys, that generation, that sort of whole lack, lack of emotion. He doesn't, doesn't ever shows anything and that, that, that this is some kind, some kind of show of strength, that not to show your emotions and... And just to, mm-hmm. you know that everything's black and white, and there's no grey areas in anything, and uh, you know. So that I've known people—not obviously people who go out and just shoot people, but, but uh, people <laughs> who have that same sort of emotional range as Dirty Harry. <laughs> Good at toughing it out. Yeah, that's a great point. Because I, be, I feel like that's where, like at least American culture in the in the early 60s was like you sucked it up you didn't show a lot of emotion and then the 60s came along like right before this movie and everything was about showing emotion and expressing yourself and harry's still one of the guys fighting against that like he's still trying to keep things the way they were yeah he's pretty old-fashioned i can see him rolling his eyes at like statisticians looking at numbers for criminology he's his old partner chico who's a sociologist (laughs) and he's probably even thinking helicopters the mayor's got speaker phones. What's all this crap? <laughs> Pete, do you think Harry? Do you think Pete? Pete, do you think Harry's an anti-hero? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, personally, I, I find Harry a little bit troubling. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I maybe more anti than hero. Yeah. Mm. Whose word of honor do you do you take to the bank more, Harry's or the mayor's? Who has a better word of honor? Oh, that's definitely Harry. But did you did you guys uh, have you talked about or have you watched Don Siegel's other great San Francisco crime drama, uh, the lineup? I've seen a bit of that. Yeah, 
it, it sort of prefigures this, but there's a there's a great line in it where uh, Eli Wallach plays this really sadistic killer, kind of a, a prefiguring of uh, of Scorpio. But he um, at one point he says the one thing when you when you go crooked, you have to make sure everybody around you keeps their word. And I think it's interesting, like it, it's the bad guys that have to be honest with each other because that's the only way they can trust each other. Whereas the good guys are the ones that don't keep their word. That's classic Bob Dylan, isn't it? You live outside the law, you got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, may, that, may have come, that may have actually come from that movie. <laughs> that movie also is dedicated to the San Francisco police, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. And there's another scene where one of the detectives is explaining, he goes, you know, you people of your class, you don't understand the hood's need for violence. And that's, that's another theme here that here this mayor is in his um, ivory tower. He doesn't understand the realities of how you, of the good and evil in the world that you have to resemble to bring to justice. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you think, though, the, I mean, the mayor must, I mean, his concern obviously is that if anything happens to the kids, it's going to hurt him politically. So he thinks this is the best way to keep the children safe. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know that. I'm sorry I'm always saying this, guys, but in the novelization, the mayor's just, <laughs> the mayor's just been re-elected in a landslide and even Harry voted for him, so. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so we're, we're, everyone, we're always, we're, you're always talking about Harry. Well, what is the mayor's motivation? Like, what, what, why do you think? What, why wouldn't the mayor just let Harry go wild? He knows of Harry's reputation in the Fillmore District, right? And I suppose the filmmakers are just saying he's a he's a soft on crime liberal who just caves in. He's just the ultimate compromising bureaucrat. Unless, of course, he's all he's just saying this loudly, but he's winking like, "Don't molest him, <laughs> Harry. Don't molest him. Don't shoot him, Harry." Is there that a possibility, Pete? I yeah, I think I think that's kind of what he's doing. Like, I don't understand why else they would say, "Harry, you want to take the money." Well, they ask him. Yeah. Plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. Right, right. Yeah. Maybe there's um, some alternate mayor candidates in the office that are watching um, the mayor's every move. Hence, hence the um, <laughs> hence the position that he's at. Maybe the AV guy is after yeah, his yeah, job. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The AV guys put some hidden microphones, or I don't know if they had hidden cameras in those days. <laughs> Catch him out. Ah, you told him to attack the bad guy. You done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, I think that's pretty much all I've got for this minute, unless you have any final observations, Evelyn? Or No, I think we're good. Do you love the wood panelling of the, of the office? <laughs> it's coming back. What, in fashion? Like yeah, yeah. Interior design? Oh, yeah. Well, I, ha- I guess it has. No, thanks. In, in Aussie. <laughs> Plywood, certainly. Not, Plywood. Not, um, oh, yeah. not oak. Not oak so much as they've got in the... I just scene. always think of that line from Anchorman where he's like, my... I've got lots of leather-bound books and smells like rich mahogany. (laughs) Well, Pete, can we interest you in coming back for another minute? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Martin, too, thank you for hosting us in your lovely home. Can you come back for one minute? Sure, no worries. Evelyn? Yeah, I I guess. Redders? (laughs) When you say come back for another minute, you mean another 40, but you know what? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we'll catch you next time on... Dirty, Dirty Harry, Harry Minute. 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 Minute.